from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Up next, The Truth with Lisa Booth, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. The House Select Committee on January 6th has turned into a political witch hunt. Drunk on power, the committee has targeted the Trump family and its close allies. They've even released private text messages of television hosts and had Steve Bannon arrested on criminal contempt charges. The committee is trying to criminalize questioning the 2020 election. But if you remember, it was Nancy Pelosi who tweeted in 2017 that the 2016 election was hijacked. And Joe Biden in his recent bumbling press conference where, you know, raised questions about his competency, that's for sure. But he questioned the upcoming midterm elections if they would be legitimate. So they can question elections, but Republicans can't. And of course, this all comes as Democrats are trying to hijack our elections with this national takeover of our elections. So to dig into all of this, and particularly the blatant abuse of power from the January 6th committee, we turn to Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio for answers. Jordan is poised to become the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee if Republicans win back the majority. You know, I'm also going to ask him on, about Dr. Fauci's role in gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I'm going to ask him, you know, if he becomes chairman of the Judiciary Committee, what kind of investigations would he lead? Should Hunter Biden be investigated, for instance? Tune in to hear that answer and so much more with Congressman Jim Jordan on The Truth with Lisa Booth. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You all know this man. My next guest is Congressman Jim Jordan. There is so much to dig in to with him. So I'm so looking forward to having him as a guest. Congressman Jim Jordan, thank you so much for joining the show, sir. Great. Great great to be with you, Lisa. You know, sir, I don't know about you, but I watched yesterday's press conference just baffled that this is the man who is our president, right? So we're talking about he refused to say if the midterms were legitimate. He essentially invited Putin to invade Ukraine uh, and struggled to get through it the entire time. Is he even competent enough to be commander in chief? You know, I, I think I think the the real sad takeaway is that um, it is it is this is the president of the United States of America, the greatest country in history, and we saw not just what he did at that press conference yesterday. We've seen what's played out over the entire past year, and um, you know, I was telling we were talking with the staff earlier this morning. It, it's quite possibly the worst first year of any president, certainly in our lifetime, maybe maybe in the history of the country. So. Uh, the American people deserve much better, and um, you've you pointed this out, Lisa. That that the the scary thing is, um, foreign adversaries see the same thing that we saw for two hours, and that we've seen for an entire year. And that's that's the that's the scariest thing of all. And I think you're right. Maybe the word for it is pathetic. That that the the president of the United States, um, you, you know, functions and 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 says the things and does the things that uh, unfortunately we've seen President Biden do. 
Is he going to get us into a war with Russia? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I do know, like, right when he made that comment, like, a little incursion is not really an incursion. If you come across the border and invade, it's not really. I mean, I, I, I don't know if even people could figure that out when he first said it. And, of course, uh, the White House had to do some, some cleanup after, after the fact. Um, I don't know. What I do know is when you project weakness from the Oval Office, which is exactly what we've seen for a year now, you, everything is different. And you contrast, and I always go back to this because I think it's just such a clear example. When Secretary of State Blinken met with his uh, Chinese counterpart in Anchorage, the treatment that Secretary of State Blinken received, the dressing down, the lecture, that the calling us names, that would never happen to Mike Pompeo in a President Trump administration. It just wouldn't. They wouldn't have even tried it. And frankly, if they attempted it, if they, tr- if they did try it, Mike Pompeo would have got up and flipped the table over and said, you don't talk to the United States that way and walked out of the meeting. Instead, Tony Blinken just sat there and took it. So that's, that's the fundamental issue here. And it's why, you know, 24 uh, election can't get here soon enough and President Trump can't get back in the White House. Soon well, and to your point about that weakness, I mean, if, if you're China looking to invade Taiwan or you're Putin obviously looking to invade Ukraine, like what's your takeaway from what you witnessed yesterday? Yeah, I think I think it's it's. Uh, I mean, like I said, they see what we see, and um, that's the part that has real, not only implications for the American people, for citizens of this great country, but for for safety and security in, in the world. I, I always say, when America leads and leads in a strong and moral and uh, way, like we always have, when America leads, the world is a safer and better place. But when we don't lead. Um, things things get scary quick, and that's 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 the issue, and that, that's that's what confronts us now. And 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 to lead militarily, you have to lead economically. Um, to lead uh, diplomatically, you have to lead economically. And look, what, what the jobs report out this morning, there was there was more jobless claims, last, up 280,000. I think I saw some number. Um, we we know what inflation debt. So all this ties together. And, and, and doesn't demonstrate the strength that we need from our country so that the world is actually safer and better. Um, and that's, that's the scary part of it all. Well, and the irony is Joe Biden, of course, refused to say if the upcoming midterms will be legitimate. Uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi's previously tweeted that the 2016 elections were hijacked, yet they're trying to criminalize the questioning of the 2020 election with the January 6th committee. I mean, what, what purpose does the January 6th committee serve? Political. I mean, you know, I've said many times before, everyone can see it for what it is. It's a political operation. Uh, they're doing it because they got nothing else to talk about. I mean, they're not going to talk about the, you know, the, the record number of illegal immigrants entering the country. They're not going to talk about the, the record high inflation. They're not going to talk about the record crime levels. They're not going to talk about the record high price of energy and that we went from energy independence to now the president of the United States begging OPEC to increase production. They're not going to talk about the, the, the debacle that was the exit from Afghanistan. They're not going to talk about the fact that the DOJ is weaponized. Uh, that agency to go after moms and dads who have the audacity to stand up and speak up for their kids at the school board meeting. So they got nothing else to do. So they talk about this. And, and, and you rightly point out, Lisa, the, the, the real irony, as you said, is uh, up in, uh, tw- uh, in, in October of 2020, Secretary Clinton said that the election was stolen from her. I mean, so four years. They can question the 2016 election for four years. We're not allowed to, to, to raise concerns about the 2020 election for four minutes. So th- this is the double standard that drives America. When I'm out talking with folks in, in the 4th District of Ohio and across this country, they, 
everyone points they're so sick of the double standards that democrats and the quote elite here in dc and the elite media in new york and dc get away with certain things that that us regular folks can't uh, and, and 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 shouldn't as we know so it's it's ridiculous for four years they questioned the 2016 election they they objected to counting the electors every single time a republican has been elected president this century they spied on president trump's campaign they did an impeachment based on a so-called whistleblower who was anonymous and the only the adam Schiff was the only person in the country who got to know who this person was so and then they then they t- tell us we're trying to, to to undermine democracy give me a break well and, and too like Okay, we had an election where we had more mail in ballots than ever before, like rules changes. Like it was a completely different game that we have played previously. So, of course, there's going to be questions. And, and you were one of the ones you, you objected to the certification of November 2020. You had questions about the election. You know, why was that? You know, what what were your like specific concerns? What were the main concerns um, about the 20? 20- I mean, I have concerns, but what were your concerns? Yeah, five different states unconstitutionally changed their election law in the run up to the 2020 election. The, the, the United States Constitution is very clear. The time, place, and manner for determining elections is set by the state legislature. That, that's, where, that's where you deter- make, make election law. And the electors are determined by the state legislature. So he, here's what happened. I use Pennsylvania as the best example. Pennsylvania law says, passed by the legislature, the law said that election day ends at 8 o'clock on Tuesday. The state Supreme Court says, well, forget what the, what the General Assembly did. Forget the Constitution. Uh, we're going we're gonna to just, on our own, decide, no, 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 election doesn't end at 8 o'clock Tuesday. It ends 5 o'clock Friday. They just extended the election for three days. State election law in Pennsylvania says there has to be a signature verification for every voter. Well, the Secretary of State, not going through the legislature, Secretary of State of Pennsylvania, who since had to resign, Secretary of State of Pennsylvania said, well, no, no, I'm just going to change that. If you mail in your ballot, there's no signature match, no signature verification. So for 2.1 million people in the state of Pennsylvania, they didn't have to do signature match. But everyone who went and voted in person on Election Day, they had to. That's unequal treatment. So I objected to Pennsylvania, Arizona, other states. The template was. The, the Democrats knew they couldn't win this election unless they changed the law. They used, the, they used COVID as the pretext to change the law, but they didn't do it constitutionally. They changed it unconstitutionally in Pennsylvania, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. And, and that was why we objected. We had a valid constitutional reason. When the Democrats objected, they just objected because they, they didn't want a Republican being president, for goodness sake. So that, that, that's the part that just frosts me more than anything else about when they, when they come after Republicans and say, oh, we were trying to – we were doing our constitutional duty, the 140 of us who stood up and objected on January 6, 2021. Well, you know, and of course, now the media is going along with this bogus voting rights when people aren't being denied the right to vote. And it's really just giving permanency to the concerns, uh, you know, a lot of Americans had with the 2020 election. So, you know, it's sort of all a ruse in the sense of, you know, they can push whatever nonsense they want and the media just goes along with it. Yeah, well, I mean, nothing, nothing new there. I mean, they, they, they actually accuse us of trying to, they say, Republic, President Trump and Republicans are undermining democracy. Think about just this Congress. Democrats have closed the United States Capitol to the American people. They've enacted proxy voting. They've kicked Republicans off committee. They won't let Republicans serve on, for the first time in American history, denied Republicans the ability to serve on a select committee. They're attempting to end the filibuster. They're attempting to end the Electoral College. They're attempting to pack the court. And on and on we could go. But somehow, no, no, it's President Trump and Republicans who are trying to, to, to hurt democracy. This is, again, this is the, the double standard. They always accuse us of what they're doing and the double standard. But the American people are smart. They have common sense and they see right through it. It is it is infuriating. And, and I can't imagine, you know, being a congressman and being subjected to this so much. I mean, they actually like the January 6th committee asked you to testify 
Do you think they'll subpoena you, or, or what do you think they're going to do? I don't. I don't know what they're gonna what they're gonna do. We sent them. A, we, we spelled out real concerns we had in our letter, and I'll just just highlight one. I mean, I think anyone with common sense would have real concerns about a committee that's already demonstrated they're willing to alter evidence and lie to the American people about it. And that's what they did to me. They took a text message that I had forwarded to the to the White House chief of staff, and they they uh, they altered it, changed it, presented it, said it was for me when in fact it was a forwarded message, and and presented that to the American people. And then they had to apologize for it. And here's what they said: They said we the the, the select committee uh, is responsible for and regrets the error. Now, Lisa, you know what that is? That is government speak for we got caught lying. And, and that's exactly what they did. So uh, we put we pointed that out in the letter, as well as other concerns, institutional concerns, concerns about the, the, what they're trying to do to, to, to historic norms and precedents. I mean, what they're doing to to trying to do to uh, Mark Meadows and destroying executive privilege, a privilege that has existed since 1794 when George Washington first asserted it. Um, that is frightening, too. So uh, we'll see uh, we, You know what happens. And uh, we, we put together a, a, a uh, several page letter that we sent back to him a couple of weeks ago. Well, and, and I used to work for Mark Meadows, so I can attest to the fact that he's a good and honorable man. So it's it, he's a good man. So that's sad that they're and that's what it is. I mean, this is a political witch hunt. They're basically trying to make people second guess supporting President Trump and then also second guess the ability to question elections, which is something that, as we've discussed, they so freely do. You know, one question I have is. You know, we know that the former U.S. Uh, Capitol Police chief had um, approached the sergeant of arms, uh, both House and Senate side, requesting the National Guard. His request was denied. Why? Why was it denied? Why wasn't there proper security that day? Uh, we can only guess, but I think it's a good and educated guess. My, 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 I assume you you feel the same way on this. Is when you spend an entire summer, the summer of 2020. Um, normalizing violence is is which is exactly what the democrats did they said we're for defunding the police we're for raising money to bail the very people who attack police out of out of out of jail um when when you say rioters and looters are actually peaceful protesters when you spend an entire summer doing that and then there's a request from the capitol hill police chief based on news reporting and testimony uh that that says he wanted the national guard there uh, and then the sergeant at arms says the, uh, the the speaker's office has said they're concerned about the optics of bringing in the National Guard. I think it's all built on the fact, again, when you spend a whole summer doing that, it probably doesn't look the best. And when you say, oh, now for the Capitol, we're going to call out a bunch more uh, law enforcement or and National Guard to protect it. So I think it was that that basic. <clears throat> and of course, Benny Thompson has indicated the chairman of the January 6th committee has indicated that they won't ask the one person who can who can get an answer to that question. Uh, to to talk about that or come in and testify, and that is uh, that Speaker Pelosi. She's off limits, according to. And there's also just been such a lack of transparency with not releasing some of the video, you know, Ray Epps and the way he's been treated versus some of the other individuals, uh, you know, who who you know basically didn't you know didn't hurt anyone, didn't didn't commit any violence, you know, and so it all kind of raises questions about like how involved was the FBI? Was the FBI involved in this? What do you think? I, d- I don't know. Uh, what I do know is people who did wrong should be held accountable. That is happening. I do know there's concerns about this this Mr. Epps individual. Um, and a week or so ago, the committee announced that, oh, we had talked to him and he wasn't involved. And which sort of made me think like, well, well how, how did you talk to him? What did you did? Did you interview him? And in, in, I think he lives out west somewhere. Did you interview him there? Did you interview him here in D.C.? Who did the interview? What were the questions asked? Or did you do it by phone? I mean, the, 
if, if you did, where's the transcript? Will you release the transcript? And then we suddenly hear this week that they are going to they're going to bring him in for an interview. So we heard last week that, no, 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 he wasn't a part of anything. Uh, and we were just supposed to take their word for it. Now they said, now we're actually going to do an, uh, a deposition. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Will, will they release the deposition? Will we find out who conducted it, how long it was? What were the questions? I mean, I, I've probably, in my time in Congress, my, my guess is I've probably been involved in more depositions than just about any other member of Congress. Because I sit on the Oversight Committee, sit on the Judiciary Committee. I was on the Benghazi Committee. We were deeply involved in the IRS. We found that the IRS was targeting you know, people who follow Lisa Booth and conservatives like that across the country. So we, we, we were uh, probably in more of these. I know how these depositions work. I want I want to know what happened with this with this Mr. Epps guy. What, what did they ask him? So um, hopefully they'll release that. Or if they haven't done it yet, because they indicated that they're supposed to do something now with with this individual. Uh, hopefully they'll release it when they when they conduct whatever type of interview they do. Quick commercial break back with Congressman Jim Jordan on the other side. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. You had mentioned accountability. Uh, you know, I think most people agree with, you know, accountability. I mean, one, you have the double standards of how the, you know, people who set cities on fire were treated over, you know, the summer leading up to the election. But there's also, 
you know, are, are some of these defendants from January 6th, is it a, an abuse, right? Are they are they being abused because they're Trump supporters or are they getting a raw deal? Are they being treated unfairly? Are they being subjected to poor conditions in the jail? And, you know, a lot of conservatives have questions about that. I mean, should that be something Republicans are, are exploring further or, or why haven't they explored that further? with the exception of, you know, a few. Yes, and in fact, we, we even had the judge here uh, uh, cite the, the warden and say that the judge here in the D.C. Uh, uh, district was concerned about the conditions of people being held um, uh, surrounding the January 6th uh, riot. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a very valid concern and, and, and something that we do need to uh, have oversight of. Uh, people who did wrong, as I said before, should be held accountable, but it should be done in, in a way that is consistent with constitutional principles. I mean, that's when I step back and actually think about the, the, the Biden, this first year, Joe Biden, I, I'm concerned about everything. But the two that rise to the top in my judgment are when you think about the fact that we basically don't have really a border anymore. How are you really a sovereign nation if you can't control the border to your country, or if, it, or if in effect you, you don't really have a border. That, that's, a, what, that's one of those fundamental things. And then, of course, the other fundamental thing is what, what the left is doing to the Constitution. I mean, they, they now want to pack the court. They, they want to get rid of the filibuster. They want to destroy executive privilege. And maybe most importantly, it's what they're doing to the First Amendment, to, to your right to speak. Because what the left now says is uh, if, if you don't agree with them, you're not allowed to talk. And if you attempt to, if you try to talk, they're going to call you a racist and they're going to try to cancel you. That, that to me is because is those what the left is doing with the First Amendment, what they're doing with our border is, is an attack on the fundamental things that make us such a special place in the greatest country ever. And that's that's really what concerns me. So, yeah, it's about constitutional principles and, and we need to make sure that those are applied evenly to every single citizen. No, I totally agree with you. But, I, you know, I also just think there's this deep concern of seeing the law being weaponized against conservatives, whether it's. You know, even just, you know, what has happened in Congress with the impeachment of Donald Trump or investigations happening out of New York or even what is happening to these January 6th defendants. It just seems like there's this abuse of the law, which, you know, obviously, if you're an average American citizen, that's that's very terrifying of what the left is doing. Great point. Think about what we last week on one day we had Joe Biden give a speech in Georgia calling us all racist and terrible and terrorists and all kinds of things. I mean, calling them the people he represents, the American people, uh, citizens. And that that same day, we learned the Justice Department has set up a domestic uh, terrorism unit. Uh, and that same day, we learned that the secretary of education had actually went first to the National School Boards Association getting them to write the letter as the pretext for the Biden administration to then go after moms and dads. So we, we learn all three of those things on one day. Talk about weaponizing government. When you have the, the president of the United States say the things he did about American citizens, the Justice Department set up this unit, and we learned that it wasn't the School Board Association writing the government. No, no, it was the government actually working with the School Board Association to get the excuse, to get the pretext they wanted so they could go chill the speech of moms and dads who were speaking up at school board meetings. That is frightening. And the fact that we learned all that on one day, I just think underscores how serious this is. No, I think that's a really good point and, and obviously of great concern. You know, you have parents just standing up for their kids and somehow they're terrorists, yet we let we we let real terrorists get into the country, as we saw recently uh, in Texas with uh, people being taken hostage at a synagogue. Um you know, so there, there's also, you know, a lot of frustration. You know, I, I think 
a lot of conservatives are sort of just tired of anything that's like squishy, which is why people are really frustrated with individuals like Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. There were, I think, over 50 Republican leaders sent a letter calling for House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy to remove Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger from the House GOP conference. Should they be removed? I think it's a conference decision, but I will tell you this. um, It was I was one of the individuals who initially led the charge um, on on uh, Miss Cheney should should not be spokesman for our conference back uh, early last year after. I mean, just after the position she took. And it wasn't it wasn't, frankly, just her position on impeachment of President Trump, which was wrong. But but it was everything else that had happened in, over the course of the year. So uh, our conference will decide that. I think uh, they're, they're obviously, uh, you know, I, they're, they're, they're working with the Democrats. I think that is just just wrong on this this totally political committee that is, as I said earlier, already demonstrate demonstrated that um, demonstrated that they're willing to change evidence. I don't think they should be part of the conference, but that's a conference. Decision. So, so you would support the removal? Yep. Uh, you know, I, I want to switch gears. So, uh, you know, Dr. Fauci, I, I've seen some of the things you've recently said and obviously raising concerns about his role in gain-of-function research and to back coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Y- you've probably dug into this more than anyone. What was his role? What should people know about that? In simple terms, Dr. Fauci knew from the get-go that we were funding gain-of-function research and it likely uh, the, the origin of the virus likely came from the lab in the Wuhan Institute of Virology in, in, in China. He knew that from the get-go. He worked to cover it up. The people who helped him cover it up then got rewarded with an $8.9 million grant. That's the short story. Here are the facts. January 31st, 2020, 10.32 p.m., he gets an email from Dr. Christian Anderson. So two years ago, he gets an email from Dr. Christian Anderson. Email says, virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. That prompts Dr. Fauci to do all kinds of things over the next 24 hours. He's emailing people at 1230 at night, 230 in the morning, talking about what they got to do. He organizes a conference call the next day. It's Fauci, Collins, 11 virologists on that call. The notes we finally got from that call just a few weeks ago, the emails and notes sent regarding the call after the call, conversations these people were having. Dr. Gary on that call says, I do not know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. So again, the the consensus was this thing came from a lab. Over the next 19 days, Dr. Fauci works with these guys and they switch 180 degrees, 180 degrees. The very guys, Anderson and Gary, who said this thing came from a lab, looks, virus is engineered. I don't know how it could happen in nature. They end up writing a paper in Nature Medicine magazine that first goes public on February 16th. Three days later, that paper is cited in the now famous letter that goes to the Lancet that became the gospel that says, no, 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 this didn't happen in a lab. This was a bat to a pangolin, to a hippopotamus, to Joe Rogan, whatever crazy theory they have. So, so that became the gospel, that letter, and it all happens in 19 days. A few weeks later, Fauci cites that article from the White House as reason that, no, it didn't come from a lab. And then Dr. Gary and Dr. Anderson, the two guys who initially said, this thing looks engineered, this thing didn't come from nature, and then switch their position and write this paper and help Dr. Fauci do all this, they get an $8.9 million grant from Dr. Fauci to do continued research. That, that is how it played out. And that, that, to me, is like the American people deserve to know. And here's the question I would ask Dr. Fauci. Why is it when you first learned that this thing likely came from a lab and was gain-of-function research, why didn't you tell the White House 
Why didn't you tell the president of the United States, for goodness sake? Our money used in China to start this virus, and you didn't, you didn't go talk. To, the first call should have been to Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, saying, we got a concern here. But no, 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 Dr. Fauci didn't, the, went exactly the opposite. It was all about covering his backside, and that's exactly what he did. Well, and that's definitely what it seems like. And the sad thing is, I mean, so many lives have been destroyed, whether it's people's livelihoods, businesses, they put everything into businesses they wanted to pass down to children, suicides, overdoses, all at the hands of Fauci. It's not COVID that did this. It's government policies. It's people like Fauci leading the charge. He got rich. Like during the pandemic year of 2020, this guy, you know, was encouraging the destruction of all of this. Meanwhile, his household income, perks and benefits, unrealized gains totaled almost two million dollars. So while everyone was suffering, you know, this man is loaded. And so I think it just shows like this disconnect with so many of the people in charge with what they're doing and how their policies do real harm to to Americans. And then, as you pointed out, meanwhile, uh, you know, it's his fault. Right. (laughs) Like so it's just disgusting. And I think I think there's a couple things here. Why did he do it? I think a he did it one just to protect the money that comes to NIH and and CDC and all this money and this money that Fauci has control of because he hands it all out. I don't think he wanted that jeopardized. He didn't want he didn't want to be any way like he could be in any way responsible for this. So he wants to hide that fact. So I think there's just sort of that that fundamental reason why he you know I think did, did the events that did the things that he did in that 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 time span. But I think it's also important to understand what Fauci did is the template for how the left operates. What he did is no different than what what the secretary of education did. Fauci said, I'm going to 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 get these individuals who get government money to write the story I want them to write. We're then going to cite that story as the basis for the message we want out there. And and we're going to mislead the American people. And that's what he did. Just like Cardonis at the, at the at Secretary of Education went to the school boards and said, give us this, this letter. We're going to use this letter in the Biden administration to go after parents via the Justice Department, treat them with a threat tag as we learn. It's, it's, it's exactly what Jim Comey did. Jim Comey knew the dossier was garbage. But Jim Comey said, I, I'm going to use the dossier as the pretext to do what I want to do namely go spy on President Trump's campaign. This is how the left operates. And it's frightening, again, that they play this game. But Fauci did the same darn thing. Uh, That's such a good point. Yet it's Trump who's the fascist, they told us. But (laughs) clearly that was not the case. Um, It's just, you know. So, so Congressman, you're in line to be the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee if Republicans win the midterms. What kind of investigations would we see with you at the helm? What, what, what would we expect or should expect from uh, a Jordan and Republican-led House Judiciary Committee? Uh, the, the top three are the, the DOJ, what they're doing to parents. I mean, the idea that we had this whistleblower come forward and tell us that there was an email sent out and talked about this threat tag, this designation, this label put on moms and dads and, and what's happening there. Uh, so that's 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 priority number one. Priority number uh, two are equally equally as important is the, the chaos that is now our southern border and has been uh, that way for a year ever since Biden took office. So we, we, we have to get control of that and we have to highlight how wrong it is. Mayorkas has yet to come in front of the Judiciary Committee. That never happened. Secretary Mayorkas uh, every year would come in front of the Judiciary Committee because we have primary jurisdiction over immigration uh, law. And he's yet to appear in front of our committee. He'll go in front of other committees, but he won't come in front of ours. Jerry Nader will never bring him in. So those, those are, are, are the two front and center. And then the third is one we were just talking about. We will do a joint investigation with, with the Oversight Committee. Um, and and I, I would like to do it in, in conjunction with Senator Paul and Senator Johnson uh, on, on the origins of this, Fauci, and all the other things that – I mean, think about, Lisa, everything that they lied to us about or misled us about. 
I mean, first of all, Joe Biden said he had a plan. I mean, we all, you know, he told us he had a plan. Uh, Joe Biden said we would never have a mandate. They said that it didn't come from a lab. They said that they weren't doing gain-of-function research. They told us that the vaccinated can't get it. They told us the vaccinated can't transmit it. They told us there's no such thing as natural immunity. I mean, there's, I don't know how many that is. There are six or seven things that they misled. And there's a bunch of other things they misled us on. So we need, we need oversight and, and the truth to get to the American people on that issue as well. No, I totally I think those are all really important points. Uh, what about Hunter Biden? Yeah, that's 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 part of DOJ. I mean, you sort of have to ask yourself now, uh, all, all, all you folks and all those folks out there in the press. I, I saw I think I forget who said this yesterday, maybe Kellyanne or someone said this, but uh, who covered up the Hunter Biden story in the weeks right prior to the election. Even though we had an eyewitness, Tony Bobulinski, even though we had a laptop, even though we knew the FBI was investigating, and even though we had emails that were actual, you know, real documents that showed it all, uh, that they covered it all up and big tech helped them, this collusion between big media and big tech, um, yeah, that needs to be examined as well. And you'd sort of like to ask some of these people who covered it up, uh, how's it worked out for us in, in this past year with what Joe Biden's given us? I mean, it would have been, we've uh, been obviously so much, well, this is the understatement of the year, so much better. If we could have kept uh, President Trump as, as president, uh, if he'd have, if he'd have, you know, won this, won this thing. But what about Biden's potential role in some of the business dealings as well, like 10 percent for the big guy and some of his other family members? Is that something that needs to be looked at? I think so. Um, you know, and that could be um, that that could be in our committee. That can be an oversight. That can be in other committees. Um, but but, you know, <laughs> if we had an email that was regarding the Trumps, that talked about that was from one of the Trump, you know, uh, children talking about 10 percent for the big guy. I mean, you, you, it's like, oh, my goodness. I mean, they, they, we, they, they did an impeachment based on an anonymous whistleblower with no firsthand knowledge. He was biased against the president who used to work for Joe Biden. And they based it on that. They did an entire impeachment on that, which was just complete garbage about a phone call. That was fine. Um, so can you imagine? So, yeah, those are things that need to be examined as well. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. Like, how do you how do you uh, impeach a guy when the other party was completely unaware anything was being held up? Like, that's not really a good quid pro quo when like no one when the other side doesn't even know anything's being leveraged. Right. So it's like and it, and it wasn't. But yeah, and it, but it's all it's all I mean, we know it's all BS. You know, I, I want to be respectful of your, your schedule and anything you want to leave us with uh, any you know optimism heading into the midterm elections, anything else. Any parting wisdom, wisdom from Congressman well, Jim Jordan's for us? Yeah, no, I do feel good. We've we got to keep working hard um, and, and let the American people know what we're going to do if they give us a chance to be back in power. But I, I feel good. I mean, uh, I tell folks the American people are smart. Um, they see how bad it is. I mean, I always say there's a reason Joe Biden's at 33 percent because he's done everything wrong. But the good news is, too, what we saw in Virginia two months ago and over the past weekend when when Glenn Youngkin was actually sworn in as governor, that that movement that that led to him winning that race started with some moms who had the courage to show up at school board meetings. And then it was some more moms. And then pretty soon some dads got involved. And the next thing you know, he wins an amazing race in November and, and, and back in November for for the Virginia governors. Then you saw uh, I, I, I think it's, this is real important, too. You saw 12 jurors in Kenosha, Wisconsin, stick to the truth, to the facts and follow due process and reach the right decision. And I think I think that 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 concept is just building across. Americans are fed up with big left government taking their First Amendment liberties and doing everything wrong. And so I feel good about where we're headed. Um, and I think Republicans are going to be back in charge. And then when we are, we're going to have to do the investigations to get the truth to the American people pass the right legislation, even though Joe Biden will veto it and frame up the 24 race uh, 
uh, where I think President Trump is going to run and I think he's going to win. Well, I am absolutely here for I do agree. You know, I think Americans are, are starting to, to fight back and, and starting to open their eyes. And I am certainly here for it. And I appreciate you being here on the podcast. And you're a busy man. So thank you for taking the time, sir, and, and keep up the fight. You bet. Thanks for all the good work you do. I want to thank Congressman Jim Jordan again for such a great interview. And I want to thank you at home for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at Lisa Marie Booth. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, and our executive producers, Debbie Myers and Speaker Newt Gingrich, all part of the Gingrich 360 Network and team. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico, now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? But don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.